0: Hello, and welcome to episode 143 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian.
1: And I'm James.
0: And this is a throwback. We're going to talk up a little bit about a tournament. Not- wow. <laughs> yeah, those still happen. Was the last
1: time we did that?
0: It's been a while. So I got sucked into Worlds, and maybe not going through all the results, but... Though I think there are some things that take away when we talk about to like illustrate like meta gaming and stuff like that that we've talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. Like this tournament is a good way to illustrate that. Yeah. So, if you want to tweet at us how you felt about Worlds or anything else going on in the world of Magic, you can get at us at Casual Tripod on Twitter.
1: Yep, you can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Trihard MTG, or you can shoot us an email show at casualtriphardmtg dot um, if you guys are looking to pick up anything from Midnight Hunt, uh, make sure you use our TCG Player affiliate link, mtg.com. Anything you purchase after visiting that link, it uh, doesn't matter how you get there. As long as you use that link to get to TCG Player, we'll get credit for it. So we would really appreciate it. Um, I So I told you guys last week that I kind of mixed, got my order a little confused or whatever with TCG Player where I thought it went through but actually didn't um I what wh- I figured out what happened is I clicked the PayPal button instead of the checkout button oh no so it just had me put my PayPal information in and never actually like completed the sale <laughs> so that was a bonehead move on my part but where I'm going with this is uh, that Saturday I had put an order in with Channel Fireball um as of Saturday, this past Saturday, even putting my order in on Monday, I received all of my order from TCG Player and I still haven't received any of it from Channel Fireball.
0: We must have different post office people because I'm still missing stuff that I ordered on that Saturday from T- from TCG Player. Really? Like the stuff that cu- that's supposed to come from TCG Player still hasn't shown up.
1: Yeah. No, I got all my stuff from TCG, but I haven't gotten anything from Channel Fireball yet and that was ordered... Well, two business days, I guess, before. Huh. Yeah. Weird. Yep. Anyways, use our TCG Player Affiliate link. We appreciate it. Yes. And if you want to support us a little little bit more directly, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash and hook us up directly. Throw a couple bucks in the pot. You get access to our pre-show. You get access to our show notes. And every once in a while, I throw you some... Cool swag in the mail, and I just put the order in for the next round. So I'll get the the last of this past round sent out uh, probably in a couple of weeks, and then in December I think we'll start the start the next go around, and it's something I think you guys are going to be excited for. So if you want in, head over to Patreon.com. Like I said, I don't care how much you how much you donate, how much you have to give, just throw a couple bucks in the pot there, and we'll include you in the givebacks. I also kind of had an idea. I'm not sure like how this Patreon stuff works, so I'll have to figure out the logistics of it. But I might do a uh, like a raffle kind of thing. I've got Ooh. a a kind of test print casual try-hard play mat that I had printed, and maybe I'll try and raffle that off of Patreon around Christmas time. That might be, be kind of cool. So if you want in on that, if I can figure that out. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash tryhard mtg and sign up also we have our youtube channel there's a link in the description um, it's casual tryhard mtg on youtube head over there uh we do box openings and uh you put out draft videos uh if you're interested in any of that kind of stuff head over there check that out and we have our discord uh it's probably the best place to get a hold of either of us if you want to have like any kind of conversation and not uh, just like a quick back and forth. Um link for Discord's in the description. It's also on all our social media. And I have one more thing that I'm gonna ask of you guys. Well, two more things I'm gonna ask of you guys are loyal listeners. Uh number one is we have finished up our playing and paper series. We're all caught up with everything that we wanted to talk about this summer. And we're kind of in a weird spot that I haven't been in for like three months where we're out of things to talk about. So now is the time. Like before we start Crimson Vow spoilers and set reviews and all that, if there's anything that you guys want to hear our opinions on or questions you want answered or whatever, now is the time. So like I said, any of the above ways to get a hold of us or in Discord, uh, let us know what you want to hear about. The second thing I'm going to ask of all you guys is to help us spread the word. If you know somebody that could use a hand um, learning how to play or getting ready to play, point them to that learn to play series. If there's anybody you know might appreciate our content, we would really appreciate it if you told them about us. Help us grow our listener base some. Yeah, That'd there be awesome.
0: Are, there have been some people that have tagged us in tweets or people are like, hey, how can I learn how to play? And it's like, haha. Yeah. like like these guys. I'm like, oh, yes, thank you. Yes, us yeah,
1: guys. Yeah, these guys were awesome. Yeah, we Spread are. Awesome. the word. Thank
0: you. <laughs> oh, so my order from TCG Direct, I just checked, uh, is awaiting delivery scan. So, it has not been updated since October 10th. I have no, so no idea where it is.
1: Oh, uh, it's probably cuz today was a holiday.
0: Oh, it's probably
1: at the post office waiting to be delivered. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. That's probably Sorry. what that is. So,
0: yeah, but I ordered mine the Saturday before you from TCG. So I don't know, like, if mm. being a mile away, you have like a more like with it post office than I do. <laughs> or I don't what? Know.
1: Is yours uh, Merle's Inlet or is yours Sockisty?
0: I don't know. I th- I think it's Merle's Inlet, but I'm not 100% sure. Hmm. So there you go, the behind behind the scenes of uh, post-office drama.
1: <laughs> Da-da-da!
0: Where are my cards? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, Worlds. First of worlds. all, I started watching it. Um, they had been... Uh, on limited resources, they'd been talking about the fact that they were going to have draft. Yeah. And so I was... Um, interested in like watching the draft i was like i was fully prepared to just like zone out and miss it but Mm -hmm. i uh was on sick baby duty so because he's a baby and he's always sick and so i was yeah i was like okay i'll click this on and like i watched the draft and like you know i've drafted the set enough i kind of like could get a feel of like decks were good or not. And like, yeah. you know what I would have taken in that seat. So like, that was interesting. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. And then like, I was watching standard on and off and I was full of regret. Cause did you go pick a champion?
1: I didn't even know you could.
0: Yeah. So they let you go pick your champion. Uh, yeah. I was like, who's the best player in the field It's PV. So I just picked right. PV again to go back to back and get me like six free packs. Uh, and the other choice I had was I was like, oh I'll just pick Straski. And yeah. I watched Straski go seven oh and I was like, oh I should have picked him to be my champion. Like bummer. <laughs> but like the thing that got me was um I don't know if you followed any of it, Yuta Takahashi. Uh yeah, that's who won, right? That's who won. Yeah. So do you know who you you know who Yuta is? Um
1: not off the top of my head, no.
0: Guta is famous for playing fairies in Modern.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: He's like the fairies master, right? Yeah. Um, And he started his draft 03. Oh, that's not good. And then I'm pretty sure did not lose a match in Constructed.
1: Really? Just one out?
0: He went 7-0 and then won i think he won 11 in a row wow he won all of the constructed matches in like you know to get to seven and three yeah and then won the the upper bracket and then won two matches to zero i'm pretty sure against his uh his opponent and like just watching how happy he was after they after he got to the top four Mm -hmm. like i would like it was it was i was like i was like oh yeah like this really matters to people like this is good to see because it's been Mm -hmm. such a long time i feel like since like i've we've seen magic matter to people yeah you know what i mean and i know there have been tournaments but like I think that even the people in the MPL didn't care about like half the tournaments that they participated in.
1: That was certainly the impression that I got.
0: Right. So it was like super nice to see. I was just like, Oh, like he cares so much. It was, it was super nice and refreshing. I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. So just watching him and just watching his joy, uh, making the top four. And then like when he won, like, he didn't react. He didn't know how. He hmm. just, like, sat in silence. <laughs> and, like, it came up... Like, so you'd think, like, okay, like, I won. Okay, it comes up victor. Like, it didn't process. Yeah. Like, he was unable to, like, process, like, that he won. And it was just like, oh, yeah, this this is, this is is what pro magic is about. Yeah. And now... Or, you know, if you guys remember when Toral Tafel Severin won the <laughs> yeah. Modern Pro Tour and, like, you know, half the country of Germany came out and, like, carried him around. That's
1: well, because he's a little guy.
0: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but, but just, like, the... I mean, if it was,
1: like, Kai, I don't think they'd have been carrying him around. No,
0: we're like, Brad, so we can't pick up a bear in a human suit. Right. Um, <laughs> right, but, like, it was just, like, oh, yeah, like, This this matters, yeah. And so it was just it was great. And then like, you know, apparently like Riley sold him out because after the interview he was like, oh yeah, like he he was like shaking, and then saw that he had to do the interview and like was like, all right, focus, and like did a very like professional good interview, and then apparently just immediately started running around his room screaming once the once the camera (laughs) cut off. And I was like, God, this is so, so, so nice. Also, he uh, he apparently has a very substantial collection of beta magic cards. Oh, yeah? Like, I think because he topped Ford, he bought a beta Lotus. Oh, wow. Like, he has beta volcanic islands and stuff. Like, he's much like wow. when Mangu won and just spent all of his his million dollars on, like, power. Yeah. Like this guy's doing the same thing. He's just like, "I love magic. I love old cards. I want to own all of the black bordered old cards. Let's go." Awesome. Yeah, and it's just like, "Oh, awesome. Exactly." And it's yeah. like, "It's been such a long time." And like, "We need to get back to to that. Like ideally like in person at some point, but just like events people care about." Yeah. As how was,
1: like, how was the draft to watch? Is this the, I mean, I don't even know. I guess I'm so out of the loop. Is this the first tournament where they've been able to do, like, a pod draft on Arena?
0: Yes. Because that's, that's not I, a
1: thing that's typically done, right?
0: That Yes, that I've seen, it is the first time. So the last time they did a draft on Arena at a high-level event was, um, was it the World Championships at, toffle was in i think it was Amen. where um they uh did the draft in paper and then yeah, had yeah, them yeah, yeah. build the decks on arena yeah. this you could actually watch the the draft on arena mm-hmm. there was a weird visual bug which but every so often for just like a few frames all the cards would go red with check marks in the top corner Hmm. it happened like two or three times like to the point i was like i was like is paulo using one of those weird like draft track tracking softwares
1: (laughs) one of the bots to see how many are in your collection
0: yeah or like you know the the, order checker yeah, here's here's the LSV like ranking of this card or something. I was like yeah. that'd be that'd be really weird to not turn that off for the <laughs> world championships. <laughs> yeah. Like just hard uninstall that guy for the for the afternoon. But um other than that, like it was good to watch like after each um after each pack they would mm-hmm. go through and show you what colors people were in yeah so you could get a sense of what the table looked like because they had done the drafts i think on thursday okay and then it gave them time to do production on it for friday oh cool so you weren't watching the drafts live i don't think i think they were recorded the day before you watched the gameplay live but let them like do the graphics and uh everything like that i'm pretty sure Hmm. um And then, like, later on, like, again, I was, like, watching on and off. They did do a thing where, like, they put everyone's, like, recorded draft, like, all eight of them. Like, on the uh,
1: screen at once?
0: On the screen at once. No, I don't. And so you could, like, just watch all the packs go around. Now, I was on my iPad and, like, doing other stuff. So like I just looked at it and was like this is really busy but I'm sure like if I like had time to focus you uh, could like see the pack come around
1: I mean that's kind of something that I've always wanted to do like in real life is just do a draft while like watching everybody's picks like ha- have everybody obviously you'd have to do it with like a bunch of friends so that like there wasn't any like ulterior motives or anything but just have everybody draft like face up so you can like work through pick orders, yeah, like with, with your friends just to like kind of get a better idea of how a draft functions. Um, so that's really interesting that they did that. I'll have to go back and see if I can find that. I, I would be very interested in watching, yeah. That, it
0: was like I think it was either Saturday or Sunday that they had that, but they might actually have like uh, because sometimes they do like you know, production. Stuff yeah. where they might have links like in the magic.gg in the coverage section. Yeah. So You might be able to like see that. But they yeah. did it. They followed PV and they followed Manfield's draft okay. um, uh, as like their featured drafters that they like watched all of their picks and like talked about them. But they right. did have everyone's like feed.
1: That's really cool.
0: Yeah. So like the, the draft games were, you know, whatever. Uh, they were draft games. Um,
1: (laughs) this the worst part of limited is actually playing with bad limited decks
0: yeah but the the thing i wanted to talk about other than like it was cool to see someone who's been playing magic for like ever yeah and um like really loves magic win right Mm -hmm. and like you know stereotypical like the like nicest like most respectful person like you know he's japanese like they have a stereotype to up to right but like kai buddha like tweeted like congrats to him and yeah. his response was like this means i take these words uh very deeply like as a as in my childhood i bought the kai buddha world championship, world championship, world championship deck, deck. And yeah. that's what started me playing magic. Wow. Uh, or something along those lines. Or, like, that's what set me down this path or something. And I was yeah. just like, this guy just, like, you know, understands the history of the game and, like, just really cares. Yeah. And, you know, and, like, he's... Deserving of the win. Yeah, deserving of the win. And, like, you know, you, get, yeah. you sometimes get a feeling that people play and, like, you know, they're good at magic, but maybe they don't love magic. Yeah. Right. Like I feel like, you know, Yuta Takahashi is just like jamming fairies in a modern league right now.
1: <laughs> just cause that's what he does.
0: Yeah. Just cause he wants to like miss click someone. Yeah. Right. He's like, turn to bitter blossom. Let's go. <laughs> right. And people are like, like dragon race Chandler. is like bitter blossom. Let's go. <laughs> I don't play any cards. that Don't say fairy on them. We're going. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was just nice. So, The other thing, so after the limited stuff was the constructed um, part of the tournament. And -hmm. it was a 16-person tournament. Yep. Small field. Very small field. And what a small field lends itself to, right, is it lends itself to metagaming.
1: For sure, especially when you know the participants.
0: Yeah, because you know what they're likely to play. Right. Right. And it's also super weird, like, Maybe. Although I
1: probably wouldn't have put PV on mono green aggro.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would have either. But what I was going to say is like everyone ended up testing with everyone else. Yeah. Right. So like it's a 16 person field and like so people were like, alright we're the three Japanese players we're going to test together. Mm-hmm. And we're going to or we're the four Japanese players. We're all going to test together. And three out of the four of us are going to play like a very similar deck. Yeah. And like, Oh, Hey, like we're the check house people and whoever we tested with, we're going to play the same deck. Right. Right. And I'm always wondered like, where's like just the person like, that's just like, yeah, I have friends that are pretty good at magic. I don't want people to know what I'm playing. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to test with them. It's just always weird to me that it's like, like you couldn't find anyone else to like con into being like can you can you care <laughs> can you care about this for me and like jam some games yeah is always just like oh yeah like cuz uh Paulo tested with um oh what is his name uh ah i'm i'm blanking on it Sam party yeah and they both and played mono seth, green
1: i'm guessing seth and, was on and maybe green. it
0: maybe seth as well. Yeah. So they all came to the conclusion that mono green was what they wanted to play. So like yeah. you could see a lot of people just ended up on like the team deck. Right. Which is I always, I always think is funny. It's like like there's just not this one person who's just like doing their own thing. Remember when Kavartek would just show up with like wild questing beast piles? Yes. <laughs> and just like would smush people and he's and everyone's like, What are you doing? It's like I'm playing a for hasty four 4 and then playing a Vivian. and making it a 6-6, and then killing you with it.
1: I'm playing things with all of the text.
0: Yeah, and they're like, oh, I guess that's good. None of us thought of that. Yeah. So, like, though they're different, I think you can, like, break the format into the Epiphany decks and the not Epiphany decks. Yeah, for the most part. Right, like, that was basically the tournament, was you had... Grixis epiphany is it epiphany right yep. they were trying to go over the top with epiphany but also with um uh in, in different ways where grixis was trying to like use lear as mm-hmm. their way to like go over the top in addition to epiphany yep. is it was just trying to copy epiphanies right and they're like what's better than taking one turn Taking two turns, or taking the, three turns.
1: The is it decks had a better like beat down game plan too, though. Yeah, didn't they? Because they ran the eggs. Um, I don't think they. Oh, well, I guess the they they side
0: they side they sideboarded them. Yeah. The like, like the Sifska the Sifka deck, which was also the Stroski deck, had no creatures in the main deck. Yeah. They had like. Sifka had 3 eggs and 2 goldspan dragons. Uh I think and I think Strusky was similar. Yeah. Uh Yeah, and then Aaron uh Heshinbath, there we go. Uh, I think he was on the the team deck for hmm. um for them as well and he was no creatures in the main. Okay. So they they didn't have a they didn't have an alternate plan. Now the <laughs> like I think like Elikisis, he was on Grixis, he had like one smoldering egg and the three leers. Yeah. Uh yeah, uh Jan Merkel who tested with um Elikisis, one egg, three leers. Three leers. Yeah, so they all were kind of on that same kind of thing, but they were all trying to Okay, Gabriel Nassif. Nassif as well, yeah. Same way I think they all tested together. Funny yeah. story, Nassif actually timed out in really? one of these games. Yeah. It was off camera and people were like and they were like, Yeah, Nassif just timed out. Wow. Uh now there was one person who was on a slightly different list, I'm assuming. Uh who was on uh of Is It Epiphany who was on four eggs in the main. So wasn't
1: then the winning the winning list had eggs, right? So yeah, the, the four the, eggs, four dragons.
0: So the winning so uh Utah's list, they kind of classified it as dragons. Oh. That's um weird. Yeah. So the the difference is like basically the the only way you can win the game in uh, a lot of the is it decks is like, hollow storm giant, hollow storm giant, making devils with burn down the house, yeah, and the birds from epiphany, where like Yuta's deck was more of it was more fairies, yeah, right. It That's was true. it was like, uh, keep you off balance a little yeah. bit, right. Actually had like rem- like point removal, like dragons fire and yeah. uh you know things of that sort dragons fire and i think he had where are they at uh thundering, thundering rebuke, rebuke yeah right because he wanted things that dealt four damage because of mono green and yeah. to kill dragons Yeah. um so his was more of like a tempo deck but all these decks i think um uh gosh there were of the 16 decks i think 10 of them Ten of them pla- no of the sixteen I can actually figure it out. yeah ten of them played Elrond's epiphany hmm is it Sounds dragons- like there
1: might be a problem with the format
0: <laughs> Is it dragons played three yeah um
1: mono white played one
0: Ma- uh mono white or is it azorius tempo Well yeah
1: the Azorius tempo is mostly mono white
0: <laughs> yeah splashing blue and it had one epiphany yeah just because why not i got islands yeah. um yeah so you've got this field that you know going in that there is this deck that is just going to let go way 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 over the top of you yeah. and could possibly just not let you take turns mm-hmm. Strotsky had a turn where he was like Galvatic iteration Flashback Galvanic iteration, so it copied.
1: hmm
0: Play Elrond's Epiphany. Make six birds. Have three turns kill you.
1: Wow, that's a lot of mana.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was super late in the game, but it was just like, yeah, do-do-do. Right, where, yeah. like, there's a chance that you just never, like, can ever win. Right. Right, you're just like, oh, I don't get to untap when I lose. Because, right, they also get to activate Hall of the Storm Giants, like... <laughs> three turns in a row you're like here's a seven seven it's like that's gross right and then you have the leer decks that have the i'm gonna elrond's epiphany you but also have the if i untap with leer you can't ever win right right because they're just like all right i will you know have you discard your hand i'll cast a bunch of removal like you can't beat my leer right Right, so you've got these decks that you know are going to go over the top of you. Is it dragons somewhere in between, right? Um, kind of like the closest to mid-range is probably is it dragons and team or treasures? The two yeah, decks like, in the like finals. Like you said,
1: it's, it's tempo
0: Yeah. And then you had the decision of the mono-green players, the mono-white players, and the Azorius tempo player that I just want to try to get under this. Mm-hmm. Right, like, I know that if this game goes to, like, turn five, I probably lose. Yeah. So, I need to make sure I get them dead before turn five.
1: I mean, that's. I don't know why you'd pick Mono Green for that, though, because the deck, like, doesn't really do much powerful until turn five.
0: I think the reason that you pick Mono Green for that is, one... Uh, I played, so did you play any of the, like, Worlds Event on Arena?
1: Just enough to get my wins. I really didn't care I, about any of the decks.
0: I played a lot of Mono Green. Okay. Uh, and if you thought that there was going to be Mono White as, like, a counter to Is it Epiphany? Yeah. Like, that matchup's a joke. Yeah. Like you're, Like, everything you have is just, like one power and toughness bigger than everything the white deck has yeah right and i did pretty good against the like um is it decks mm-hmm. right like the deck like you have this weird thing where they have to have a sweeper or they die right they yeah. have to have burned down the house or the game ends and you're also just getting all this like incidental value as the game goes on like we talked about in the pre-show like Werewolf pack leader, like you drew an extra card at some point. Or yeah. you have this Azekish chariot chilling out that's going to like make you an army.
1: Ranger class makes anything a threat.
0: And Ranger class also lets you recover after a sweeper. Yeah. Because right, you have a chance if you have a chance at some point, you're like, Well, I don't want to commit another card to the board because they're dead next turn unless they draw a sweeper. I guess I'll just spend my mana to activate Ranger Class. Yeah. So if they sweep you, you can like rebuild real quick. Rebuild, yeah. So like it, it's weird that it is aggressive. Like it's not mm-hmm. a mid range deck by kind of any. It's it shifted a little more mid range with like chariots and wrens. Yeah. But like you know, it's all it's mainly like twos and threes, and this got four four drops and two, two five drops, five drops. Depend, depending on the build. PV was yeah. on four chariot to renin seven which is what the version i i I played yeah um but like you know it's all like two drop stuff and threes but it does go it's able to go longer than like your typical like aggressive deck so i think that's what right because if you go like pack leader into troll into chariot right you're gonna like draw an extra card they have to sweep you or if not you win yeah so it is i think it's because it's good against white and it has the ability to like stick around as to why you'd pick it as opposed to like white. um yeah but i don't know for sure i haven't played enough of the latter the matchup against like grixis it is it didn't feel bad so um so you're like your mono green mono white is just trying to get under people Mm -hmm. because and then like we've talked about there's really not room for um mid-range yeah unfortunately everything goes to the top of you and you might think that team or treasures is like a mid-range deck it's kind of almost like a combo aggro deck, which is like a weird set of words to say. <laughs> right. But, but hear me out. Like, if you have just Parasentinel on turn one, right, and then either of your two drops, either Prosperous Innkeeper or Magda, yeah, you can play a dragon on turn, you can play a Goldspin Dragon on turn three.
1: Yeah. And, that's true.
0: Right. So it just has all these hasty threats that allow you to like once you get swept, right, you can just like slam another haste threat. Right. So it has two reckless Make storm answer see- it. Yeah, you have two reckless stormseekers, um, and then the goldspan dragons. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you have like Reckless Storm Seeker out, like right, that makes it so like your moonvale regent has haste has haste, right like it just gives you
1: and also if you have a chariot out anything you play has haste
0: exactly so you have all these ways to like insulate yourself from sweepers yeah but as opposed to like mono green where you don't have the ability to you don't have like that haste threat right they know that if you like if they sweep you that you can't kill them next turn Unless you have, like, a chariot, right? That's the only thing they have to worry about. Or, like, if you have two lands up so you can, like, throw your old growth troll token back out. Yeah. Right. Um, And it was splashing blue because, drum roll, please, it had to play negates to not get clowned by Elrond's epiphany. Hmm. (laughs) They played, he played two negates in the main and then two disdainful strokes in the sideboard. Those were his only two blue cards. Yeah,
1: had to add an entire color just to play against Elrond's Epiphany.
0: Yeah, to not get clowned. Yeah. So, um, right, I could see where, you know, having the acceleration of like Magna Magna Jasper Sentinel, right, to get to Goldspan Dragons on turn three or get to Moonvale Regents on turn three consistently, mm-hmm. is uh was good but this was like the closest to like a mid-range deck but it's still like kind of an aggressive deck where you're just trying to like be like here's a gold span dragon can you beat it and like you know if they say you know the a lot of the oh gosh what are they called it's, the is it decks really didn't have a way to beat it yeah right the is it decks They were, like, they were like, I'm gonna divide by zero you, or I'm gonna fading hope, or maybe I have a demon bolt in the main or someone in the sideboard, but like game one, it's just kind of like, not, not a thing I I can deal with.
1: Like you said, the bounce spells are awkward against hasty threats.
0: Yeah, I mean, all they were trying to do was like hold on for dear life to get to like, uh. What's it called? To get to like seven or eight mana, so they could like copy an epiphany. Yeah, but that yeah, it wasn't as good, right? The fading hopes were like great against mono green. Yeah, right. Where you're just like they like play a dumb thing, and you're like fading hope you, and then you they play another dumb thing, and you're like divide by zero it, and they just never get any traction. And by the time they f- stick their f- first threat, you're like, okay, well. Now I have burned down the house and I'll take a little bit of damage as you like build out and then I'll just kill all your stuff and be super far ahead and this game is now super easy, yeah, right so right like they knew going in that the best deck was um is it right mm-hmm. or some version of it and so right everyone either decided to make the best version they could come up with of is it or Something I thought would beat it. Something I thought would beat it, which is like where the Grixis Epiphany decks, like, they played Duress, right? Yeah, (laughs) there's only
1: one reason you play Duress.
0: Right? Is so you can try to get an Epiphany before they foretell it. Yeah. Which, another thing, like, putting foretell on this stupid six mana, like, extra turn spell, so that it makes...
1: Hmm? That was the problem with companions.
0: Yeah, like you just can't was, interact with them?
1: Yeah, it's a card you can't interact with.
0: Yeah, like you have to have interaction on turn one or you just don't get to interact with it. Yeah. Super fun. But, right, they they kind of took it as like, instead of copying Elrond's Epiphany, if you let me have my leer, it doesn't matter, right? Like, yeah. I'm just going to beat you with like the sheer card advantage. So, again, this was another deck that played Fading Hope because they're just like, I need to get to Leer with, like, the board in some semblance of clear. Mm-hmm. And then I can just, like, leer you out of the game. Like, oh, you have three creatures? Well, I'll cast these three Fading Hopes in my graveyard. And yeah. that's going to give me more time. And eventually, I will, like, Elrond's Epiphany and cobble together the win. So, you know, with you... If you know that the best deck is, you know, big, over-the-top, rampy thing, right? What you have to do is, like we've talked about, get under them, right? Mm-hmm. Try to go low. But the problem is, is that leaves you vulnerable, right? So if you play mono-white, right? If you've, if you've decided that, okay, I think my best thing to do is to be low to the ground and get him dead. And then you show up and play... Um, against mono white or you know the team or treasures deck your deck's not set up to to play against mono green or team or treasures right like yeah. you tuned your list to beat one deck and like if the pairing gods are not with you right you you're gonna have just, a bad day you could have a really bad tournament right yeah right the mono white players right if they thought they had a decent is it and Grixis matchup, like they made the right call based on how the metagame shook out.
1: Was Grixis like even on the radar before this? Like before deck lists were out?
0: I don't think, though I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't know if it's one of those things that was floating around no. and it and it like, you know, just got better.
1: I I hadn't seen it until um, like the Grixis Lear decks. I yeah. hadn't seen until that, like the event on Arena.
0: Yeah, so it might, it may have just been that that was kind of a rogue deck that they yeah. thought could be good against it because you're going to tear their hand apart. And it, like in sideboarded games, they were playing go blank. Hmm. So they still had um the copy spells as well. Right, so they were able oh. to so they could do things like they still had Elrond's Epiphany copy Yeah uh in their deck with Lear, but they also had stuff where they would you would see people do like um uh what's it called? Elrond's uh they'd like would cast go blank.
1: Yeah. You and just they, empty your opponent's hand.
0: Yeah. And it also, like, let them get cards out of their, uh, like, cards out of their graveyard. Yeah. So, right, so your opponent has, like, a memory deluge that they're going to flash back. And you're just, like, mm-hmm. go blank, get the two cards that you got with it, plus get... Yeah. Uh, make
1: sure you're not going to flash it back.
0: Yeah, get your copies or get your... Oh, you use like, Galvanic Iteration early on to, like, copy a spell... Well, now I'm going to make sure that you can't flash it back. Yeah. So. What's
1: up with the uh, the Celestis? Um. It seems like an odd include.
0: I think they they were saying, if I remember, like they wanted the ramp, okay. and just the fact that it had like a million words of text that were like mildly relevant. Yeah. Right. There are a number of times where like. You know, you're playing against your, like, control opponent, right? And they don't cast any spells on their turn. And you got, they got a free loot. Mm-hmm. And they could get rid of, like, a removal spell. Right? Like, oh, it's yeah. game one. I know that there's not a removal, uh, there's not a creature for me to no kill. Yeah. So I can get rid of this removal spell. Um, But, and, like, they also had a bunch of one-minute interaction. Right, Duress and uh, Fading Hope. So there yep. was a number of times where they were like, I'll play Celestis on three and then Fading Hope, your creature. Oh, gotcha. Right, so it gave them... So now on five, they they have the mana to... Or on four, they have five mana, so they can they get ahead that way. whatever. Yeah. Though, like, some of them only played, like, one Burn Down the House. They didn't play a ton of Burn Down the House. Hmm. I mean, I guess
1: you don't need to if you can double all your removal spells with Lear. Yeah,
0: like later in the game, yeah, if you can be like, so like they had, so whose list is this? This is Gabriel Nassif's. He had one Blood Cheese Thirst as removal, and then he had um, uh, a Cinder Clasm, a Prismari Command, a Demon Bolt, a Cathartic Pyre, and a Power Word Kill. Yeah. In the main. So it was, like, I have a random thing that I can get um, and uh, be, be happy, like, casting it a second time. But, like, it's one of those, like, I just kind of have a toolbox in my deck, and hopefully I draw the right things with all my one-offs. Mm-hmm. Or I can dig through with the Celestis to find the things that I that I need. It makes
1: sense. It, I guess it makes sense with Lear too, because you can discard something and then still cast it.
0: Yeah. Um. Probably the so the deck that was like most out of like left field was the blue white deck. I'm trying to find it. Right. That is one that like I had not seen the um. uh the, the Arena Deckless podcast loved it. Thought it was great. But like they pointed out and this is something to consider like the deck looks neat, right uh, mm-hmm. And so um, Jerry was like, oh yeah, I played a ton of it on the ladder. it is really bad against random right yeah. like like if you're playing this against like a random deck, right, right it is made very much to be like I want to be aggressive to get under is it? But I'm gonna play Malevolent Hermit as a way to perhaps counter a big spell. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna play, um, you know, Redane to like make the Mono Green players have their lands come into play tapped.
1: Yeah, slow them down so you can get yeah. under them.
0: Um, and then they also had um, three concerted defenses. This was who second this was a Noriyuki Mori's deck. Had had three Concerted Defenses, which is bad Spell Pierce.
1: Yeah, really bad Spell Pierce.
0: Right. Um, Although
1: I guess like every, well not every, but most creatures in the deck have one of the party types.
0: um, No, that's not even true. There's Legion Angel. Most of them don't. uh, Legion Angel, the Hermit. uh,
1: Luminarch, Esperant, and Elite Spellbinder.
0: Yeah, so only a handful. About half. Right, so it's usually it, it's somewhere between like force spike and um uh spell pierce spell pierce somewhere in there but right, what is that for oh your opponent's gonna like take their turn and spend seven mana or six yeah. mana to like counter a, to play a spell you're like counter it win the game yeah right but like against just like random things like this was very much tuned to, you know, beat like the, the is it decks? Like if you, God forbid you play against a deck that has, um, frostbite. Yeah. Like just, you're just like, Oh, I can't ever win. They yeah. have one, they have one mana removal. I'm done. <laughs> right. Or like you play against mono green. I think I did lose to one person playing blue, white, uh, but for the most part like it just doesn't line up well against like um against like mono green so right if yeah. like the ladders full of mono green like this deck is just going to get like destroyed right cuz yeah. every creature in mono green is bigger than every creature in this deck and like costs one mana less yeah
1: um your point about like the deck not being good against random is I think kind of the bigger story to draw or kind of what you were trying to say about like all of these deck lists in general. And that's that like all of these lists were specifically tuned to play like against each other. Yeah. So like if you're interested in taking one of these decks for a spin like the best place to do it kind of was that little event that they ran because you're you're going to have to make changes and concessions to these to play them on the ladder.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think you need to for mono green.
1: Well, yeah, I mean that deck's pretty much just mono green.
0: Yeah, but no, I think that like mono green works. Yeah, mono white probably, but it might not be good against an open field. Yeah. Right? Where if you don't know that 50% of the deck games you're going to play against is it, you probably don't want mono green or mono right. white. I'm sorry. Um, and like, I think that the uh, the Grixis and is it Epiphany decks mm-hmm. uh, are super inbred. Yeah. Right? That again, well, like, s- if
1: you- same thing with that Teamer Treasures deck. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, he added a whole color just to play against the Epiphany decks
0: yeah like For if you f-
1: play that deck on ladder you don't play teamer, you play gruel
0: yeah and you're just like i'm just gonna like gruel smash people yeah and hope it's good enough now if you get to a point where like every other game you're playing against is epiphany maybe you're like okay i need negates yeah. right and i mean you know if you're hard targeting epiphany like your negates become test of talents yeah Right, you're like, you know what? If an Azekis chariot resolves, I can still beat it, don't care. But if an epiphany resolves, I'm donezo. So, yep. I'm just going to play Test of Talents and hope that's good enough. Yep. Right. So, I think this was just like a really good illustration of like how in like a small field or, you know, when you like have FNM, mm-hmm. right? Like you know how a met- a small field, you can like really pick decks for what you think is gonna show up. Yeah, and we're like, this happens in Pro Tours, but you're trying to guess where the metagame is going to be for like 400 people. Yeah, and unless there's um, a, a simic, a three mana simic mythic, you don't really <laughs> know where the field's gonna be to like 70 percent certainty. Yeah. But if there's a, a Simic Mythic, you know where it's going to fall. Um, yeah. Right? But the decks get so tuned to a point that it kind of falls apart when you go into a bigger field. I mean, we saw this in older tournaments, right? Remember? Um, oh, for sure. Oh, gosh. It was Shadows Ever in the Shroud block. Finkel's, like, Seasons of the Past. Like, Oh, Black that deck Green- was
1: so sweet. I loved that deck.
0: But it was just like it was very like it was good for like two weeks. Yeah. And, and then it was then, like, very not good. Everything just I wanted moved it to on. be good though. Yeah, and everything just moved on. It was like, yeah, this this isn't a thing you can do anymore. Yeah. And like these decks are and I think this has happened more in these arena tournaments than has before, right? Remember when the pros used to like make the format? Yes. Now it's like they just like see what's like at the top of the ladder. And they're like, oh, okay, I guess I'll start with, like, Mono White. And right when it was, when the uh, PT was, PT final was LSV versus, oh, what is his name? I could see him. Andrew Ellenbogen. Yeah. yep. And they were just both on Mono White because for, like, the last week and a half before the uh, PT, Mono White had been doing really well. Yeah. So we just play, we're just Mono White gamers for two weeks. And, like, yeah. the metagame hadn't caught up. Right. So it was just on white. Like, that used to not be the case, right? It used to be, like, you would show up and be like, oh, wow, like, what cool decks. And that was a reason to watch, like, the Pro Tour, right?
1: Absolutely. The,
0: the format was new. You wanted to see what the pros would, like, churn out mm-hmm. that would be the metagame for a while. And those decks yeah. would float around. A right? month or so at least. yeah. And now, like, by the time they have these events, it's just like, yeah, we've played 75 million games on Arena. Um, We know what the matchups are. We're good. So. It was it was a good watch. It was, like I said, enjoyable to see people caring about magic.
1: Yeah, Um, I tried. Um, I didn't watch any of the early stuff. I tried tuning in on Sunday. And I guess I tuned in at the right time because I tuned in for um, Straski's Spike Field Hazard.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, I saw that, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm done after this.
0: Okay, (laughs) I I didn't watch it anymore. So Straski was dead on board. Yeah. And uh, he's playing Jean-Emmanuel Duproff, and he attacks... And Strotsky plays a divide by zero. Yep. Leaves up one red mana. And I do believe at that point he had one spike field hazard in the main. And there's one on the side. One on so the I, side. So I don't know if he was at two spike field hazards. I don't, I don't know if it was game. I think it was game two. It was game two. If he had one spike field hazard or two in his deck at that point. But he casts a divide by zero and uses the uh, loot um, mode. Yeah,
1: so instead of getting a lesson from the sideboard, he looted instead, which is something that people forget about sometimes, I think.
0: Yes. And what did he draw off the top? He drew a spike field hazard. Yeah. Killed a Magda and went on to win that game.
1: Lost the round, but yeah.
0: Yeah, lost the round. Ra- <laughs> yeah. Lost the match, but he won that game. Yeah. Um, so Strutsky, I think, we talk about variants sometimes and um you know so before uh gosh talking's hard uh so he won all of his constructed matches he was 7-0 so he won all his limited matches all his constructed matches over the first two days yep right and then game three day three came and he could like not buy a win yeah like just couldn't catch a break yeah So he, um, so he played against Grixis Lear in, uh, uh, in top four. And I missed the pre show or the pre match like interviews, Mm -hmm. but apparently Jan Merkel, who he was playing against was like, yeah, this, uh, match game one is completely and totally unwinnable for me. I lo- okay. cannot win. And Strozky was like, Game one is completely and totally unlosable for me. There's mm-hmm. no way I can lose it. Got clowned game one. <laughs> His hand was complete and utter trash. Like the whole game. Like, just w- like, it was like, what's the worst card I can draw here? And he drew it. Yeah. And he lost to the one of burn down the house. Oh man. His opponent just cast burn down the house, made three devils and was like, all right, hit you for three. Yeah. And just rode the devils to victory. Wow. Like just never drew, like didn't draw his own burn down the house to kill it. Just didn't. Nothing could have possibly gone worse for him. Um, and like, sometimes that just happens, yeah. right? Where you're just like, oh, well, I mean, I've definitely had some limited matches where I'm like, this deck is absurd. And then it's just like, oh, I... One, three. One, yeah, one, three. And it's like, oh, I played Magic in two of these matches. Yeah. I was one and one in the matches that I participated in. And oh, and two, because I cast no spells either game. Cool. Right. You're like, oh, I just need to hit my third land drop. And you're like... 12 cards deep in your deck and you don't have a third land drop. And you're like, How is this possible? <laughs> Frank um, Karsten
1: told me this shouldn't happen.
0: Yeah. It's astronomical. Yeah. Right? Or like, you know, you've drawn, I had a game you know, yesterday, I drew 13 lands, my opponent drew six. Yeah. I was like, oh, I see. You have you have cast six more spells than I have. Mm. <laughs> right? But like, those things happen, and like, it doesn't make yeah. Strotsky any worse of a player that that like you know there were definitely sometimes you know he played suboptimally and he admitted that he was like i wasn't playing well on sunday and my draws were atrocious yeah right like sometimes you can overcome like being not at the peak of your powers because you draw like yeah because you draw like a god you're like you know what i need to get out of this i need to like divide by zero. zero hazard yeah divide by <laughs> zero and get my one spike field hazard oh cool right so he had that but then he also had like you know Molda five or keep a two lander not hit my third land yeah kind of deal and it's just like well you know these things happen and you're like oh I don't have a third land but it's fine I have expressive iteration and it's just like yo know, here are two seven drops in the gold span and you were like no this was supposed to be like give me two lands (laughs) why did you do this to me expressive iteration and so yeah like these things just happen and so like you know those are the times that like that like separate like the really great players from the good players Mm -hmm. is one when their deck just gives them the worst possibles they can you like can still cobble. cobble
1: together a win,
0: yeah, or like make it competitive. It's like, oh, you made right. it to turn like eight, I would have like been dead three turns ago with yeah. like what your deck did to you, right? And like they're able to kind of like compartmentalize mm-hmm. and say, like, hey, you know what, that last game was trash, but that's fine. Like, I've got to like regroup and like do the next, yeah, one.
1: that's why we play best of three,
0: yeah. Unless you're on the ladder and then it's That's like, right, well. and then it's
1: all best to one all and the it's, time.
0: It's all best to one all the time. What's the sideboard? That's the place that my lessons live. Um <laughs> your companion. And my companion. Uh gosh. I'm gonna I'm gonna be so okay. I hope for I hope that like when Gavin's ten, magic will still exist in paper and like yeah. I can teach him magic. But I'm also not gonna be happy when I have to explain to him why he has a Loris in his sideboard, and why it's the best possible thing for him to do? Why that's always your fifteenth card? Yeah. Why is it? Oh, all- why do why do I always have a companion as my fifteenth card? Because it makes no sense not to. <laughs> may I inter- may I introduce you to either Jagantha or Loris. One yeah. of these two cards will be in your sideboard. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do this to you, child. Um. But, yeah, it it's just one of those things that, like, you watch it and, like, y- we all knew and he knew that, like, he was drawing Awful. But, like, yeah. you could not tell by, like, the way he played. Mm-hmm. Right? There was definitely... Oh, gosh, who was it? It was uh Mori. Uh, kept a hand and then, like, didn't draw, like, a color of mana. Mm-hmm. And like lost the game, right? And so the next game, he should have probably bottomed. He like he went to six and should have probably bottomed a land, Mm -hmm. but bottomed a spell instead. And then like drew land, land. Oh. And it was like, yeah, I feel like you kept the extra land because you got. Because of last game. Like last game. And like. You Know he was going back and forth, back and forth, and the commentators were like, you should probably bottom a land. Oh, he's maybe bottoming a uh, uh, a spell here, and then bottom the spell, and then drew like land land. It might have been in uh, might have been in limited, okay. where like uh, he could have played like a luminar uh, aspirant, mm-hmm. not a yeah, is that what it was? The one, one mana, one, one. Uh, that gains life could have played that and it instead <sighs> bottomed it and then drew like two straight lands and yeah. like wouldn't have been like it's a one man one one it's not like a huge impact but it would have been like a thing but like definitely like you could see it was like in his head but like you know you could see like Straske that you know he was still focused even though things weren't going his way it's yeah. also fun to watch people play in their house for just the sheer fact that, like, they're oftentimes way more emotive
1: at home right? than they would be, like, in an event hall.
0: Yeah, like they, like they draw and they miss their land, and they're just like, you can see them just kind of go, like, like throw their hands up and just be like, ah, right, because yeah. they clearly forget that they're on camera, <laughs> and they're just like, yeah. come on, right? And so, like, that's oh, that's funny. It's like, oh, I do that too. I have like. Two percent of the traits of a world champion because I too also <laughs> get mad two at a hands race that go in the air. Yeah, go like, come on, man! Uh, it's like cool, cool. Uh, I tweeted this. It did not get as much traction as I had hoped. I just pointed out that I really like the fact that no one at the world championships bothered to clean up their room before they streamed.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, just like empty milkshakes on the table and stuff.
0: Yeah, it was like uh what's his name um nasif had like a lamp like laying on its side like on a pillow unplugged with the cord like stretched across the room what yeah it was just so random um DePrav is just like in his bedroom and there's just like all this stuff piled up behind him <laughs> um one of the japanese players just had like a stack of deck boxes behind him just like piled up kind of like i have like uh beside where we record just like a mess of cards and like oh gosh seth manfield had this giant like u-shaped desk that just had like a collection of like junk and trophies on it (laughs) he had like a binder of magic cards like one of the four like the like you know play set binders that have like rows of four One of those that like was just behind him. So I don't know if he was like flipping through it in between uh, matches, but it was open at one interview. Mm -hmm. And then the next one, it was closed. Like the next time he like uh, was on camera was
1: obviously doing something with it. He
0: was obviously going through it. Like, Oh, I guess in between matches, I'm going to sort cards or something. And I'm like, like I, maybe it's just me. But I've been like, oh, man, like 20,000 people are going to watch this. I want to make sure that, like, behind me, like, is neat. Yeah, I or mean, you like... don't
1: even have to, like, push a vacuum. Just, like, put that shit on the floor.
0: <laughs> yeah, just move move it so it's out of frame. Or, like, I would have spent, like, the $40 to buy, like, a crappy, like, green screen or, like, a backdrop. Yeah. Just so I could have, like, put something up and been like, ta-da! You right, could like, play
1: in front of a wall of you.
0: Yes, <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't know how wizards would take to me setting up my camera like that. Well, but, I don't yeah. think
1: they have a choice, do they?
0: They'd probably yell at you, but you're like, "This is what you get." <laughs> That's right. There were there were it's couple... the
1: last words. What are you gonna do? Fire me?
0: Yeah, there's a couple uh, people. There are a few matches where like Sam Pardee just didn't have his camera on. Well. Oh. Like, there might have been a technical issue, but they just had his, like, still, like, worlds photo. Hmm. And that was it. Like, no, I was like, are they not doing video anymore? And then, like, it was like, oh, the next match had video. I was like, huh, I wonder if it just didn't work. Yeah. So, it it was just funny. I was like, huh, okay. So, do you want to talk about uh, Seth Better known as saffron olive.
1: Well, I had an idea as we were going through that first section because we went a little bit long on that first section than what I thought we were going to do. Why don't we make it homework?
0: Oh, there we go. I'm I'm good at signing homework. You can can take this one from me. Go ahead. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Seth had an article that came out. uh, I think it came out yesterday. So it came out on Sunday, October 10th that is called Power Creep, Spectral Bears, and Elrond's Epiphany. And I have some... This article was kind of like a... I don't know what you want to call it. A revelation. A, uh, a revelation. Yeah, that's a good word. It made me have an epiphany. Um, I've been kind of... when Back when we did the... Um, like what what a card costs or the value of a card or card evaluations or whatever. Um, I was having a problem relating what we knew about resource management and value of cards and like how to bring that into the modern age. And this article answered the question for me. So I don't want to rehash everything that, you know, somebody else has already done. He put the legwork in to figure it out. Not me. Um, It just meant a lot to me what this article said. So instead of rehashing it here uh, on the show, why don't you guys go read the article and then tell me how you think it relates to card evaluation going forward in, we'll call it 2022.
0: There we go. And yeah, you know, maybe we can maybe we can touch on it after everyone's read it and is on the same page cuz you sent it to me and i like read it as soon as i got home
1: yeah um like i said it, it's really weird that seth better known as saffron olive um like it's the one that is giving me inspiration cuz that's really not where i thought that this question would get answered yeah um the last i mean the whole article is pretty good and it all relates together but the like the last part of it is something that i would see in you know one of the great magic articles of all time like who's the beat down or philosophy of fire or like any of those you know classic magic theory articles um this last part is so all you guys go out and read it uh hit us up uh, and i guess we can roll this into our uh into our conclusion but hit us up on twitter facebook email uh discord wherever you want i think discord would probably be the best way that way we can all kind of talk about it together but let me know what you think about this because like i said this was like a real oh my god this is it this is the missing piece for me yeah.
0: at least and again, we, we
1: talked about it in the pre-show a little bit, so we did.
0: And if we're gonna if we're gonna plug, uh, saffron olive stuff real quick, mm-hmm. um, he's been doing a thing. If you like at all are interested in like magic history, he keeps putting up uh like MTG Goldfish has like a shorts page now, or they do okay. short videos like the one to two minute videos on uh, YouTube, yeah, and he's been go- doing a series about where deck names come from oh yeah 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 and he did like my favorite deck name or one of yeah. them which was tin fins mm-hmm. and like I've told you where it comes from
1: I think all we right. talked about it on the show once too
0: yeah but like it was just so great like like he had all the clips from uh c lab yeah and everything it was just like this is this is excellent work.
1: A plus content, Sephora Olive.
0: A plus content. It is worth the two the minute or two to like watch it and then be like, do I have an HBO Max subscription to go watch C Lab? Because <laughs> I do and like six months ago when I was no over the summer when I was home with Gavin, I rewatched every episode of C Lab from start to finish. Yeah. That was just <laughs> on in the background for a week was just C Lab. Yeah. So uh, definitely uh, a a time a look into magic's past mm-hmm. when we used to get to have fun deck names.
1: Thanks, Cedric. you ruined our fun.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like now admittedly, like when you go back and you know, you read the deck names from like a tournament when they do the uh receivables. yeah, and it's like, you know, the hokey pokey and like breakfast. Yeah. And you have like no idea what that means or like where that name came from, but it's like, you know what? The game had character back then. It did. And it wasn't just like stripped down and homogenized. It was like, Oh, I can be like original and interesting. Right. Right.
1: Instead of the colors and a card name.
0: Yeah, exactly. or, Aggro control or mid range, salty mid range, salty control, salty aggro. And it's like, come on, yeah, right. Also, if you ever get to uh, participate in a live event and they have a deck list, um, the this is for Cameron, but the, the podcast writing joke is every deck is something stompy. Yep. <laughs> every single deck you're playing Infect in Legacy it's Berserk Stompy you're playing Eldrazi it's Spaghetti Stompy right like everything Stompy just like we used to just put the most random names as deck names <laughs> just because I think I, I think uh, one I of mean, my, they're like,
1: just going to change it if it gets posted anyway so yeah
0: but might as well have fun Right, see right. if you, see if you can sleep like merit laid stompy past someone <laughs> <laughs> they'll be like what what is this like make them reread the deck list twice? Why is it stompy? We'll because call it Mumpy. mumpy yeah <laughs> there we go. it's a mompy deck, yeah, all right so with with homework of learning about power creep, it's illustrated by two cards. <laughs> and
1: two very strange like a lot of cards you wouldn't think play a role in power creep yeah or like really really weird
0: or illustrating it yeah right
1: he does a great job though like power to him i I almost want to shoot him an email
0: you should or like tweet at him like he does he says that he reads every email he gets
1: all right well maybe maybe i'll send him an email then and Thank him for my revelation.
0: Yeah. So with all of that, after you do your homework and you learn about both C-Lab and Fin's, yeah. you can tweet us your feelings at Casual Tripod.
1: Yep. Um, you can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Trihard MTG or email us show at Uh Real quick, we have our TCG Player Affiliate link. If you're looking to buy any sealed or any product or, yeah, sealed product or cards, uh, please use that link. It'll help the show out. Uh, we also have Patreon. If you want to support us a little bit more directly, patreon.com slash casual um, Chip a couple bucks in, get access to our pre-show and our show notes. Uh, get access to our givebacks when I do them and maybe this contest thing if I can figure out how to run it. Uh, stay tuned for that. And post your homework in our Discord. Let's have a conversation because, like I said, this was really cool, and I think that's probably at least going to play a part in the episode next week. So do your homework and stay tuned for that.
0: All right. And with that, we'll catch you on the internet.
1: We'll catch you on the internet.